Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, we are going to be going over some bold predictions for the year, as well as the award predictions for the 24 CDL season. And going to go over a little bit of news. There honestly isn't a ton to cover in terms of news today. Going to be pretty short and sweet with that. And then just do those award predictions, do bold predictions. Uh, I think it's going to be a bit of a shorter episode today as we just kind of gear up and get ourselves for the whole season. We've got um, the prime time of year ahead of us. Next week, matches are starting and we're going to have obviously a ton more to talk about when that kicks off. So uh Going to just keep our, our episode a little shorter and sweeter today unless we start ranting on bowl predictions, which could absolutely happen. But pretty simple, straightforward episode today. So if you guys enjoy this one, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. If you're on the audio platforms, drop the follow, drop the five-star review. We can we can see the momentum picking back up. A lot more comments and you know views and just all a lot more interaction on the podcast uh, since the game has dropped. So we appreciate you all and can't wait to see um, the love you guys show during the season as we kick off next week. And without further ado, Let's jump into this one. Brock, how you doing today? Oh, doing pretty good. You know, on this good old cold Monday in Wisconsin. <laughs> Love that, you know. Freezing. Other than that, you know, excited to do the podcast and excited for matches to start soon. Yeah, I mean, it seems like every time we have like some sort of a time milestone leading to the season, we talk about it like, oh, we're, we're four months away from the season starting, three months away. Now here we are. Um Technically, not really a week. I guess it's like a week and a, a couple days because the the matches start next Friday. Is it? Yeah, next Friday. Um, so yeah, we're we're only about a week away. The next podcast we do will actually be involving real matches. We'll be talking uh, predictions. We won't have watched any matches, but we'll be talking predictions mm-hmm. uh, for the matches coming up. So excited for that! And like I said. We've got a pretty simple episode today. We're just going to talk about a little bit of news and then do award predictions for the 23 or 24 season. Um, and then we're going to give some bold predictions uh, like we do every season right before the season. Uh, let's talk some news first, though. So Face It is doing market research on Call of Duty and Call of Duty Esports. To be more specific, uh, they are the group that is expected to take over for Overwatch Esports this next season. Uh, so potentially could be a sign of things to come for Call of Duty, maybe the CDL potentially uh, going away in, in the next few years or near future. And mm-hmm. face it's doing a little bit of research on them could be a sign of things to come. I think I've heard overall good things about them. I know they've run CS for like quite some time. Okay. And I think overall people like them, I thought, but I'm not 100% sure, but could be a sign of things to come. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, maybe get rid of the CDL, run back to CWL. <laughs> yeah, just anything to get more amateur involvement and just more involvement from outside organization. Yeah, definitely better overall for everyone. I th- I think that they do something like integrated into the game with like a good ranking system too. Oh, yeah. I could be completely wrong. I don't play Counter-Strike. I know you don't either, and neither of us have really ever played it. So our knowledge on that esport of that game in general are low. Yeah. But, but I, would, I, would I would thought bet, it was something like that. I would bet it's probably a good ranking system since the game's been out for a long time and people still love it. Yeah. And it will have a better idea, obviously, if they were potentially to take over the, the CDL with Overwatch League. Mm-hmm. Um, likely to be run uh, by, by that organization uh, this coming season. So we'll probably have a better idea on what that looks like. Um, as that's an esport that 
I don't really watch or have a ton of knowledge on it. I know you don't watch it as much anymore either, but yeah. we're definitely closer to that scene than we are to the Counter-Strike scene. Like you have a history of watching it and I definitely know more about Overwatch, the game in general, than I do about CS because it's a game that I've spent a, a decent amount of time on. Yep. Um, so we might hear some rumblings from Overwatch as to how that's going more than we would from uh, the CS side of things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, the next thing, Brock, was funny. Um, me and our, our boy PD Gaming were like joking back and forth on Twitter today about his his comments on this. Um, but Optic fans in general are freaking out about their scrims right now, and I'm just kind of laughing. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's, it's funny. <laughs> I... Is there cause for concern when a team is struggling in scrims at any time during the year? Sure. I suppose, yes. Um, if it's during the middle of the season, definitely more concerning in my opinion. Like if this was the middle of Major 2 and they couldn't win a scrim, that would be a lot more concerning than it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess if we're going to go off scrim results, I've seen a lot of posts of the Carolina Royal Ravens winning a lot of maps. Um so if you're going to overreact to the fact that Optic is losing a lot of maps and scrims and they're going to be terrible, then does that mean Carolina is like going to be the best team or one of the top teams in the game? Yep, that means they'd be number one. Yeah, I mean, every scrim. I've, <laughs> I've seen some screenshots of FaZe, though. They are dominating some teams, which, I mean, are nobody's surprised by that. Yeah, we kind of expected that to happen. Yeah, but the, the overreaction is crazy, especially because I know like Pride was a little bit delayed in getting to the States everything that was going on with his visa and everything Mm -hmm. uh, was a little delayed going over to the States. And then there was just a whole mess with that. They got on a little later. I remember seeing a clip of like Pred during scrims being like, Oh, which where's the next hill? Like, Oh, I rotated to the wrong hill. Yeah. Um, So they were playing scrims while one of their players didn't even know where the next hill was. uh, Mm -hmm. And we're losing the maps. Now, if this can take many weeks into the season and they start to look poor in their first few matches, the the levels of concern will rise. But the the freaking out to me is just hilarious. I yeah, like I, that's why I was saying I'm gonna find the tweet. Yeah, I don't understand really. You know, especially optic. You know, four talented players. <laughs> People are freaking over over scrims. It's not actual matches. And yeah, I would you know safe to say you know they would they would figure it out with their talent to have and coaches to have around them yeah yeah i this is my exchange with our boy uh pd gaming um frequent commenter we always see him in here he's been around for a long time so shout out to him uh but his exact tweet it was i didn't for some reason i didn't see it on my timeline then i like saw it today it was from a couple days ago um but he said it's it was a a quote tweet on a a uh cdl scrim intel post where like temps challenger squad beat optic 250 to 140 on terminal and you know the scoreboard screenshot does look very rough for optic i mean this was a bad map um shots mm-hmm. was double negative leading the team in hill time dashy was almost double negative kenny had a 0.75 and pred was 18 and 16 um just a, a rough map overall they lost 250 to 140 um and then he he quoted it and said it's so chalked for the year optic chose possibly the worst game to make a roster with three natural smg players then he obviously went on to say like it's not their fault since um they wouldn't have known what the meta was going to be when they created the roster yeah. uh and I kind of just said, this is uh, seems like a crazy overreaction for any team this early, especially one with the talent level of Optic. Um, and, you know, he showed some clips of TJ dominating them in scrims, which is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> and we just kind of went back and forth talking about how, like, yeah, obviously, if you're getting blown out in scrims at any time of the year, it's not a good thing. Um, but chalked for the year is what I was saying is kind of insane. Um, and he's like, yeah, maybe a, a bit of an overreaction, but just um just basing it on scrims but when you watch them 
individually they all look great and then when they play together they don't um look like things are clicking which is absolutely a fair assessment sure things might not be clicking right now but my point is kind of that i think give them a little time they are still a new team learning to play together after only playing for a couple weeks things sometimes mm-hmm. take a little time maybe <clears throat> team like phase might gel faster and optic might take more time or maybe he'll be right maybe optic will be bad this year we don't know for sure but i kind of went on to say like my philosophy with esports and sports in general is um a patience approach like sometimes things take time to mesh and especially when the team that you're referring to whether it's sports or esports has the talent level of optic where their talent level is top end of the league yep it's just let's give a little patience and that goes for any team and obviously goes more for teams that uh have the talent level of optic yeah just figuring out how everyone will play on the map and like the roles that they play all that that stuff you know they'll figure it out yeah, I'd be curious to see like if this was FaZe that was having some bad maps to start the year in scrims or if this was Toronto. Yeah. Um probably won't you be know, would would the sentiment be the same? Definitely not cuz you know fan base isn't as high as Optics. Yeah. Well, Optics sure gets a lot of uh praise even when they're not doing as well as they should. They also get a lot of negativity which we all know. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I mean I'd like to hear your thoughts on it as well. But I mean, my, my general consensus is like, could optic be, you know, not as good as we thought this year and the scrim results could be legit. Absolutely. It could be a possibility, but, um, the sentiment out there that a lot of optic fans are like, Oh my God, this year's going to be rough. And like, it could be chalked. Like let's pump the brakes. Like it's, it's a couple weeks into the, the scrims and they're not looking the best. Um, but in general, I'm gonna give Dashy, Kenny, Pred, and Shotzi the benefit of the doubt that they'll they'll somehow be able to figure it out. Yeah, they'll definitely <laughs> figure it out, man. You know, maybe like you said, struggle at first. But, you know, come Tamp's time, they might be clicking on all cylinders and win it all. Yeah, I I would also hope that they are gonna be pretty good because, like I said, Kenny's my favorite player. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to see him do well, but also I think that the league in general is more entertaining when optics at the top because the fan interaction is always just so much stronger. Yeah. Um, yep. So I, I mean, I hope they're not terrible this year. That would that would kind of suck for viewership wise, for everyone yeah. involved, people that make content about the CDL like us uh, as well as the CDL, because as we all know, optic carries uh, the viewership for this whole thing. <laughs> yep. I would be shocked if they literally just like bottom team this year. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not possible. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to talk about that because I thought it was, it was funny. And we know our, our boy PD, uh, he knows exactly what he's talking about. He he knows what he's talking about. He's not uh, some random person watching the CDL and overreacting. I know he knows his stuff. I just thought it was funny that I I, I saw the tweet. And since uh, he is such a frequent commenter and um, had plenty of conversations with him like that, I was like, I got to reply to this and just see what he says. Yeah. Um, so shout out to PD. Always commenting, always showing support. Um. The last thing I saw was a, p- a poll from Jacob Hale talking about GAs, Brock. Oh, uh, Debate that's been going on for as long as I've been watching competitive COD almost. Yep. Uh, and he tweeted, one word answer, do GAs make Call of Duty esports better or worse? And it was a poll um, and better had 45.6% of the vote and worse had 544 four percent of the votes uh in general i want to hear your thoughts on this first do they make it better or worse um what would you have clicked on in this poll to answer and obviously you can elaborate on it because in my opinion it, it's a loaded question yeah 
Um, I would say in general, the pros try to do the best they can to make the game better for the viewer, viewer and player feel. Because some things that that are really cheesy need to be GA'd, but sometimes players go over the top and GA things that mm-hmm. you know shouldn't need to be GA'd for the fun of it. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I just think I know obviously that was to put it into a poll. He has to come with just better or worse one word answers, and like that's what he mentioned. But I just think the issue is so not black or white. Like I don't think it's a black and white issue. I, I think it's there's a lot of parts to it. Like GAs, like you were mentioning, they do the best to you know make the game better and and more competitive. So like some GAs are very good. Like. Yep. When it comes to really cheesy stuff, as you mentioned, uh, it's good to GA them. Like, for example, if we could have, um, like in the past when they were left in the rule set, like GA and LMGs way back when they were left in the rule set would be a good thing. Um, and just random little cheesy things that like make the game not as entertaining to watch and just not as competitive are good. Yep. Uh, or like guns, like this year, there's some really, really, really good ARs. And right now the subs aren't so good. So like the Holger and the burst weapons, like, the the DG I can't remember DG fifty eight is maybe yeah fifty eight yeah that gun is like insane like when I was using it in pubs I was getting a one burst like almost every kill like, that yeah. needs to be GA because that just wouldn't be that fun to watch it'd be like watching hardcore yep um on the other hand though like I think they can make the game sometimes worse when um like we ban snipers without really testing them because there's a balance between making the game better competitively, but you also have to still keep it entertaining to watch. And let's be honest, some of the best clips in call of duty are always in games where snipers are allowed in S and D and somebody has a crazy moment, like simp in black ops four with the sniper on arsenal. Yep. But the common commentary. Yeah. So like when things are GA that aren't necessarily completely broken or we don't test them out enough, uh, and they make the, the viewer experience better and we just GA them without really trying that makes it worse. Uh, yep. So I, it's just not it's hard to give one answer, but uh, overall, I'm actually on the side that they make it better, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would like to see the snipers before, you know, try it out before the G without even, you know, testing it, like you said. Yeah, they are really good this year, though. <laughs> yeah. To some, and can somehow make it worse, you know, maybe bring it in. Yeah. I mean, they're and me saying they're really good and like I can see the point behind the GA for anybody that's been listening to this podcast for a long time knows that's a big deal because I am like Kyle would be laughing if he was in here right now because back in the day, um, like when Kyle first joined the podcast, it was pretty quick. We'd had to talk about GAs because there was like a sniper talk and like I was like on my soapbox, like screaming from the top of the mountains to not ban snipers that they should like never be banned from competitive like. And even in this game, after using snipers going for camos, I'm like, man, uh, some of these snipers are really good. Like the one sniper that kind of sucks for pubs because it's um, it shoots so slow. But like it literally, if you hit them, they're going to die. Like you could hit them in like the toenail. It's a yep. one hit. Like that mm-hmm. sniper is insane. Like, and like with the pros ability to shoot and the aim assist on it. I don't yeah. know. I can actually see a world where they should maybe be GA. And that's coming from the strongest supporter of snipers like ever. Yeah. That one is pretty pretty dang good. It just has a 12-second reload time. <laughs> yeah, which for the competitive CDL in Search and Destroy won't matter, really. Yeah. Because you're not sending off a bunch of shots spraying. You're getting your one, two cracks, and you need to hit them, and that sniper's great for it because it won't get hit markers. Yeah. That's and one thing they could do, though. Maybe they could like bring in 
one of the other snipers that gets more hit markers and just make that the sniper you have to use so you actually have to hit like a chest up shot yeah make it like worse and so that chest up like you said yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's what that's what they did kind of last year with like no attachments on the sniper yeah or maybe like they can find a, a combo of attachments on like one of the faster shooting snipers that doesn't have as much damage where it makes it shoot a lot slower or something. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, Cause there's 8,000 attachments. There might be something to do that in this game. Yeah. I'm sure someone could find an attachment with all, all those attachments that they got, from, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's some funny, uh, but yeah, it was an interesting debate. Cause obviously there's no, it's very hard to just like in general say all GAs make COD, uh, worse or all of them make it better it's just there's no right answer for that like some make it better some make it worse it also depends are you talking from the player standpoint or the viewer standpoint because the answer for that is very different sometimes yeah mm-hmm. a very very interesting debate because it's probably it's talked about now and it will probably be forever talked about i don't know if there's ever a time where gas won't be involved in the competitive call of duty scene it's hard to yeah. imagine a time where they could be yeah for real <laughs> um yeah. All right. Let's move on to our award predictions. I want to do award predictions and then we'll end with bold predictions for the season. Predictions are going to be pretty short. So the ones that we have listed are comeback player of the year, rookie of the year, MVP, and then best AR and best SMG. So like conventional sports, um, especially like for like football, basketball, like sports we watch, there's always a coach of the year, but that's kind of for COD, that's just a little different because it's coach of the year in most sports is usually just like the team with the best record or like a team that improved a lot yep, yep. from year over year. Like if a team in like football went like three and 14 the previous year and they make the playoffs like that coach, a lot of times would probably get coach of the year or something. But in this, it's weird because if your team was that bad last year in call of duty, you're probably fired. There's probably mm-hmm. a new coach. So coach of the year is just a weird category. We're just going to skip because hey, like the coach really would, would probably be like Crowder every year. Yeah. Cause his team's always first. Yeah. Um, so yeah, going to do comeback player, rookie of the year, MVP, and then best AR and best SMG. And the caveat's going to be whoever you rank as your MVP can't, uh, be your best AR, or best SMG. Cause obviously you're saying they're, they're going to be the best at their position. So it's apart from your MVP. Yep. Um, but let's start with comeback player Brock. So for this award, it's either a player that was like, got benched last year and you think they're going to come back strong or maybe they had just a really, really bad year for their standards and you think they're going to bounce back um, and have a good year. Uh, something like that, like a, a player that's it's coming back from a, a benching or just a terrible year that you think is going to pop off this year. Who you got listed as your comeback player? Okay. So let, can, before we start, last year my comeback player year was Priest, you know, one champs. <laughs> mm-hmm. So hopefully this year I can keep the trend going. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a, a good prediction. My comeback player of the year, you know, you know, last year at the end was was pretty hot, you know, playing pretty good. It is Capsidal for the Boston Breach. I have him listed as an honorable mention for for mine. I just think you know with Priesta, Slasher, and Snoopy, you know, you know, flourish in the system, come around, and you know, have a good, pretty, pretty good year overall. I like that one. Um, I have him listed as an honorable mention. It's also tough because like. For like a category like rookie of the year, you have a set obvious like standard as to who mm-hmm. can fit that. They have to be rookies, obviously. Um, and then for MVP, the standard is obvious like any player could win it. Yep. But for comeback, it's a little different because like 
you in your eyes, they have to have had like a bad season the season before have to have been benched, which is like, that's a fact you were benched or you weren't, but like they have to have had a bad year. Um, I think capsule fits though. Cause like his first year on Boston, he was benched and then he didn't get in the league right away. And you know, he was on Florida late in the year. So he's kind of been bouncing around. So like if he pops off and his team does really well, I think he would certainly fit the category. Yep. Um, that is not at all who I thought you were going to pick. If I'm being honest, I thought your pick was so locked in. Really? With who? I thought you were taking Arcides. Oh, I, that is a good shout. Yeah. Because he obviously, to his standards, had an absolutely abysmal year because his standards are very high. He's an incredible player. Um, multi-time world champion, like always finding himself in the mix of a lot of top three finishes, a lot of Sundays, and he went to basically never winning a match. Yeah. It would and be. having a down year individually as well. So I thought, yeah. and with you being the, the resident RC stand, I thought that was a lock for you to pick as your comeback player of the year. Mm-hmm. Hey, you can still have a good year. Yeah, I have him uh, as an honorable mention as well. I just figured you were going to mention him. And then my other honorable mention was Attach. Okay. So I think, you know, overall down here, he got benched for part of last year. And I think the Vegas team could be sneaky and, you know, be a frisky team that maybe makes it to champs. And I think Attach probably be having a pretty good year if that's the case. However, for my comeback player of the year, I went with another guy that I'm a big fan of. Everybody knows I went with Illy. Um, okay. Illy obviously has an easy story for comeback player of the year. He has the thumb injury in Vanguard where it knocks him out for a good bit of the year, comes back the next season and gets benched pretty quickly and sits out the whole year. So his um, like qualifications, I guess, to be comeback player of the year are obviously there. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And I think he's going to have a really good year. I think Seattle, like I predicted them to be fifth at the end of the regular season. I, I think Seattle's going to have a really good year and if they are having a good year, I, I think it's going to be on the back of Illy um, playing really well in S&D, just overall being a good leader for the team. Okay. I like it. Illy. Um, yeah, I, I think he's having a good year, but I like your capsule shout-out as well. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to Rookie of the Year. So for Rookie of the Year, you and I were talking about this a little bit before the podcast. It might be like the deepest pool of choices that I can remember in a while and like legitimate choices like I'm trying to think. Last year, who was it? We had like last year was uh, was it two choices? Scrappy, Scrappy, and, and Hixie wasn't on the team to start the year, so he wasn't even a choice because it was Standy instead. Yeah, Scrappy and I don't even know. The, I don't even remember who the last one. It was, was. like nobody. Though. There was like no other choices. Yeah. Um, but this year, from my count, just a quick count of like looking at the rosters. I believe it's nine rookies, and I'll, I'll list who they all are here in a sec. Um, but like none of our quote unquote top four teams added a rookie. But on Seattle, you've got Abuza. On Boston, you have Snoopy. They said he's technically could be listed as a rookie because he like didn't hit the match requirement. Yep. Um, nobody on Thieves. On Carolina, Gwyn and Real will both count as rookies. Um, for the Rocker, Linz will be a rookie. For Vegas, Purge will be a rookie. For Miami, I believe Lucky and Journey will count as rookies. Medals did play some some matches with Toronto Ultra and MW, so he won't. And then Vickel, obviously, last year. But Lucky and Journey, while they've been in the CWL, I don't think they've technically played any matches in the CDL. So I think even though they're like longtime veterans, they're going to count as rookies. Okay, yeah. Um, and then Estriel is a rookie for LAG. So um, that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven eight nine by my count which is a lot and we'll talk about it in a little bit but a lot of good candidates actually like they're 
there's a lot of good choices to pick from here, but I'm curious who you who you picked. <clears throat> a lot of good, a lot of good choices, but I picked, you know, the hottest commodity of the season, Abuza. Yeah, that's who I went with, uh, who I went with as well. Yeah, you know, role change, but you know, I don't think it'll phase him switching from the AR to the sub. Mm-mm. I don't and either, his, but and his teams will be pretty, pretty dang good. I, I, I mean, if Seattle struggles, my predictions are going to look really bad because I went with a Seattle player for comeback player of the year and rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, the obvious argument against why he won't win it is the role change will he won't be as effective. That's an obvious argument. Yep. Um, I think he's going to be really good. And like you said, of all the rookies, besides maybe Snoopy, I think he's on the best team. You can make an argument Boston will be better. Um, maybe you think Carolina will be better, but um, I don't think many of the teams that have rookies will be much better than Surge. Maybe I'll be completely wrong in that. Um, but you have any like specific of the other nine rookies you want to call out as honorable mentions? Um, I want to call Purge. For some reason, I'm calling it Purge. to do pretty good this year. And it's flexible. Okay. okay. And... Uh, uh, um, I'll do and Gwyn. I want to see Gwyn do do good this year. Mm-hmm. I think he's a good shout out too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like. I also picked Abuza. I like Abuza, but in terms of other shout outs, um, Snoopy seems like an obvious one. Like I think he'll. He's on a really good team as well, and I think we saw some flashes of him. He's like the most known commodity for the uh, for the most part, just because we saw him actually in CDL matches. Um, yep. I don't mind the look of Gwyn either. Was a top sub player last year, and I think so far his team has looked good. Be a good shout out. Even Linz, like, um, if they're gonna count him as a rookie, I guess since he hasn't technically played in the CDL. Journey's interesting because he was like the best player in the Heretics team back in the day. Maybe he has a good year if Miami is is up. Um, but what I wanted to mention, and I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, is a lot of these rookies are in positions to put up numbers, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. because there are a lot of them are set up to be like the guy for their team like Estriel on that team it's set up for like that team's success is going to rely on if he can be a superstar most likely and everybody else is going to fill their roles yep. um, Miami maybe not as much um, Vegas maybe not as much with Purge but like on Minnesota like Vivid's going to be a setup guy Accuracy is going to be directing the troops and doing the dirty work Awakening's going to be slain but Linz they're probably going to rely on him to have some heavy slaying numbers same thing with Gwyn on Carolina like Clay going to do his job Real Gwyn probably going to be set up to do that. Um, Snoopy potentially going to be really aggressive, but going to be a super impactful player set up to make plays. And Abuza, the same thing. Going to be a super impactful player set up to make plays. Like A lot of these guys are in positions to be like the stud of their team. Yeah. And their team is going to ask that of them. So like we could have a lot of rookies putting up numbers. Could be a, a very interesting race. Yeah. Hopefully it's a, a pretty uh, tight race. between like four or five. That'd be very interesting to see how it all plays out then. Yeah, and... Sometimes, you know, that award also depends on team success. Like, let's say Estriel is popping off, but LAG is just in dead last. It's probably not going to matter much because they're not going to look at him for rookie of the year if his team can't win a match. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's going to be interesting. Like, uh, I guess if I'm going to name one sleeper, since you named Gwyn, I was thinking Gwyn, I won't go with him. I'm going to name my sleeper as Linz. Oh, yeah. Abuza's duo, but I, I really think that Accuracy Awakening Vivid team could be solid and could be a contender to make champs. Um, maybe like that six, seven, eight range. And mm-hmm. I think if they are, Linz will be having a really good year. So I'm gonna name him as my like sleeper that I'll kind of throw out there along with Abuza. Okay, I like to shout. 
All right. MVP, the big one. I think we might actually be the same on this one, too. I'm curious. Uh, There's maybe one guy who, I mean, I guess technically anybody could win this award. You never know. There's one guy I think probably has a a very low chance compared to people just because uh, he just won it, and that's Hydra. It seems like the CDL is anti-going back-to-back on these awards. So Hydra's probably screwed unless New York wins like every event and he pops off, which Hydra's incredible. You know, he, I just probably screwed to try to win this award back to back. Yeah, tough to win back to back since he, like you said, CDL doesn't really like to give you know back to back awards. Mm-hmm. One, well, no, not even not only back to back, but nobody's won it twice because we had, um, what, Shotzi year one, simp. um, then Simp, and a then Abizi mm-hmm. and no, was Abizi Vanguard? Am I tripping? I think it was a BZ, even though they had a down BZ won Cold War Champs MVP. Why am I like blanking right now? Selium. Selium. Oh, yeah, Selium won Vanguard, yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah, you're right. Selium won Vanguard and then uh Hydra. Last year was who? Hydra. Yep, Hydra. God, I'm blanking right now. That's yeah, Selium. The guy who refused to die in Vanguard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yep. I can't believe I was just blanking on that, but yeah, you're right. Selling him one Vanguard. Um, so BZ did BZ won regular season MVP one year though, didn't he? I'm just tripping. I thought he won. Maybe he won Cold War Champs MVP. Yeah, I think that's what it was. So yeah, because then 22 was Selium. I don't know why. Yeah, because last year is um, Hydra. Hydra. And I know year one was Shotzi, won Rookie of the Year and MVP. Yep. And, and then Simp it was Simp in Cold War. So ABC has never won one? I thought he did for some reason. Yeah, season MVP of Cold War is Simp. And then finals MVP was ABC. That's crazy. In 2020, season MVP was Shotzi. Finals MVP was Krim. Mm-hmm. 22... MVP, Selium, Finals MVP for champs, Kenny. And then last year, Hydra, and then Kismet was Finals MVP. I don't know. Yeah, I'm tripping. I'd, for some reason in my mind, Abizi had won MVP, but that, it's absolutely true. He didn't. I don't know why my, my brain... Usually I'm really, really good at remembering teams that won events and rosters and players. It's like a freak trait I have. I can always remember that stuff, but I don't know why I just completely forgot. That's weird. It's kind of crazy how Abizi um, hasn't won an MVP. He's been yeah. so dominant. That is wild. I don't know. I think I was just maybe had the the finals MVP stuck in my brain. That's what I was thinking about that he he got that finals MVP in Cold War. Yeah. Um. All right. Anyways, where are you going with MVP this year? Are you going to give it to BZ since we just somehow forgot he didn't have one? Um. I am not giving it to a BZ this year or any phase member. Okay. I'm going to give it to the guy who finished, I think, third last year, or is it the one of the top three? And I'm going to give it to Scrappy this year. Okay. Since That's Scrappy, also who I was going to give it to. I think Abizi was second last year, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Going to give it to Scrappy. You know, his team got better, you know, got Envoy, the route man, dirty work, you know, team have a good team success this year, you know, and Scrappy will do his thing, like put up the numbers. Yeah. Yeah, I actually listed Scrappy as well, but now you kind of make me want to switch to Abizi. Yeah. Um, but I really, 
Yeah, I really think that Scrappy's going to be the guy this year. Like you said, I think team success-wise, they're going to be really good. I think they probably win an event. Um, but once again, I still think FaZe is going to finish first. So maybe just because you went Scrappy, just so we can have different predictions, I'll just go with a BZ. Because also, mm-hmm. he's looked really freaking good um, yeah. in scrims. But with the way the sub is this year, like unless the sub gets buffed, it's going to be tough sledding for a BZ. Yeah, but you know... If one, if once, if he's gonna, he's gonna make it work though, since he's a BZ. Yeah, just for fun, for the podcast sake, I'm gonna, we'll mark it down that I was gonna pick Scrappy in case it's right, so I can claim it. Yep. Um, but I'm gonna say a BZ to switch it up. I'm gonna say a BZ's gonna win MVP because I still think Phase are gonna finish first in the overall regular season standings as much as I think Toronto's gonna have a great year. Um, but I'm gonna say a BZ because once again, the whole sub being worse could also spin my narrative, uh, my narrative better because I'm still sure. That a beast is going to have big numbers. So if he puts up big numbers and his crazy first blood percentages and everything that he always does, it's going to probably look even more impressive mm-hmm. because SMGs might struggle as a whole this year. Um, so I guess I'll pick a BZ, then I'll make Scrappy an honorable mention since I was going to pick him. And my other honorable mention is still Hydra because I still think Hydra is just going to be incredible this year. Yep. Um, I just think he's going to have an impossible time winning it because I feel like they're probably not going to give it to him unless he's like winning every event because they just don't want to give it to him back to back probably you have to win like that is. four events this year all, all yeah. four <laughs> i also think new york might struggle a little bit early on or just like not win three events like they did last year yeah i just don't think he'll put up uh um, the numbers he did last year since yeah you know a new teammate loves to you know be a slayer as well yeah i i, I will say though if he ends up at the end of the year somehow being the first player to go back to back not going to be shocked. That's why I have him listed as an honorable mention because the dude is an incredible player. Yep. So good. All right. Are there categories best AR and best SMG? So the caveat with this one is, um, so let's say, I guess I'll count a BZ as my pick. It's going to have to change my picks here. Um, but so like for you, since you said Scrappy's your MVP, it's your best AR apart from Scrappy. Okay. okay. Because obviously you just pick Scrappy as your best AR since um you said he's gonna win mvp and for me i'll be counting um a bz as my mvp so i have to pick an smg other than a bz so who you got for your best ar not named scrappy my best AR not named scrappy is the guy from phase named selium yeah hard not to pick him huh yeah a top air every year you know and i feel like he's just he gets better in games you know health more yeah uh and i think this is going to be the the game where he gets his most natural fitting role with draza finally being a true flex next to him so it could help him excel even more yep and he you know usually does not go negative ever (laughs) yeah pretty much his his numbers are always going to look really good yeah um so i was going to list when i originally had scrappy listed as my mvp i was going to list dashy as my prediction for best ar I know people are hating on Optic right now, but I think with those three players in front of him, he's going to put up big numbers and look really good mm-hmm. in his role this season, especially with the ARs being so good um, and shooting so straight. We know the guy that shoots the straightest Dashy. is Dashy. Um, I think he's going to be with the ARs this year. Stellium obviously is a great shout, but I also kind of want to just like do somebody other than Stellium because he's almost like the shoe-in best AR every year. Yeah. Um, I think his teammate is an interesting choice, though. I think Draza could be very good this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I like both the New York boys. I think Skies and Sib could both be candidates for this. 
as we get to the bottom teams, I don't know, like LAG, Miami, Vegas, Minnesota, Carolina, LAT, Boston, even Seattle. I like RCs and Illies, but I don't think best AR. I think the best AR is going to come from one of those top four teams. I think it's going to be Selium, Draza, Scrappy, Dashy, Skies, Sib, one of those guys. Yep. All right, then best SMG. For this one, I mean, my answer was a BZ slash Hydra. I said I 50-50 can't decide. Uh, but since I said a BZ is going to be my MVP, I'll pick Hydra as the best SMG in the game this year. All right. I am picking Optic Pred, Australian. Okay. You know, so we're, I mentioned Dashy as one of the, the best at his position. You mentioned Pred. So we're just saying screw these scrim results. I love it. Yep. I just think, you know, when Pred is on, you know, he's locked in with his team. He's top, top, top one. He's an incredible talent, that's for sure. And he's playing around really good superstars, you know. Only will help him. Mm-hmm. I think Shotzi's going to unlock him when they can figure out the chemistry. Yep. Shotzi going first, do his thing, you know, Pred get all the kills, like basically scump-like. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And Pred, we've always said Pred, play style-wise, he does remind us a lot of the scump play style. Like, he'll lay down in random spots. He'll, he'll hold a pre-aim more than a lot of subs. Maybe won't move as fast as some subs, but he's always going to guarantee his kills. And he's going to get a lot of two pieces where you're like, well, that's what Scump always did his whole career. Get a lot of two pieces where you're like, well, he should not have gotten two there. He might yep. not have even uh, like been likely to get one, but he came out of there with two. And that's kind of what Pred brings you as well. Yep. Um, he's incredible. He's definitely like an honorable mention to me. I just thought when I wasn't naming a BZ MVP that he was going to be the best sub. I thought um, Hydra right up there as well. There's a lot of candidates for this one, obviously. Like end of the year rolls around, you're telling me Simp's the best SMG. Not going to be surprised. Um, yeah, a lot of good ones. Both the optic guys. I'd be a little surprised if Kleenex or Envoy were the best SMG in the game. Yeah, but like if you the... tell me if you tell me Kleenex and Envoy, like either of them were top five even top three i wouldn't be shocked but if you were telling me that like one of those two is the undoubted best smg in the game over like a simp and a bz a hydra a pred i'd be a little bit surprised i just think that toronto team overall is going to mesh so well and they're all going to be so good i just don't know if those two will be like the best at their position if they are that team's probably going to be scary because scrappy's probably going to be the best at his position Mm -hmm. yeah Toronto's going to be a good good teamwork based team with a lot of talent Mm -hmm. but an interesting combo to have there for sure um let's move on to bold predictions so our thing was we wanted to at least both list three if we thought of any on the fly list more if you want to list more just go for it but we're about 40 minutes in so we can kind of run through these quick and get everybody out of here um you want to go first or you want me to drop a bold prediction first um i'll go first okay i said some team outside of the top four teams that are you know are stacked will win champs this year will win champs so you're so essentially you're saying somebody not named atlanta phase toronto ultra optic texas or new york subliners will win champs yep some team you know i don't know who's gonna be but you know just look at the right time and you'll win it all that is bold for sure Shock the world <laughs> <laughs> that is a bold one for sure you can't can't deny that mm-hmm. that's my first one I like it. Um, you actually had me a little bit worried when you were talking because my first one also on my list is not. I, w- I actually listed in parentheses. Not sure how bold we're going to consider this one, but one of the non top four teams will win a major 
was mine. Oh. <laughs> so obviously less bold than yours because champs is uh, a difficult, uh, a more difficult thing than the major because you also have to qualify, get a good seed, make that run, all that stuff. Um, but that is very funny because when you started reading, I was like, wait a minute, are we about to have the same prediction here? <laughs> um, That'd be funny if you so did. For mine, a team not named Phase Ultra Optic or NYSL is going to win a major. Like I said, not sure how bold we're going to consider that. Uh, but I think it's fair to say mm-hmm. it's bold just because like everybody does think these top four are going to be so good. And with that being four teams and four majors, odds are one uh, one team maybe wins twice uh, or something like that. Yeah, I like it. <clears throat> yeah, so that is is my prediction for that. Um, you got your your second one on deck, yep. ready to go. My second one, I don't know how. I mean, it's kind of bold, but like, yeah, I I, I think it's kind of bold. I said there will be more than one team to finish zero and seven in a qualifier, like over the course of the whole season, or like the same one. Uh, over over the course of the season, because I think seven matches, you're bound to like maybe squeak in one eventually, and not go mm-hmm. in seven. Cause that's kind of hard to go in seven. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about something like that. I know you did something like that last year as well, where you you thought like multiple teams were gonna have like zero and five or something like that. Yeah, uh, but zero and seven obviously makes it even less likely because it's two more cracks at getting a win. That'd yeah. be brutal if more than one team went zero and seven. Yikes. Yeah, that that would be tough. <laughs> Could definitely happen, though. A disparity if one team just gets a tough split or is struggling at the time or something. Mm-hmm. Um, this is... I like that prediction, though. I, I think it definitely has a possibility to happen. LAG and somebody else. I'm sure LAG is probably one of your teams you're predicting for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So my other one... I, once again, I was like... It's hard to quantify this one. You'd have to really do a lot of digging um, to actually figure out if it's correct or not. And a lot of just like weird digging to find like roster changes. But I was going back and forth on how much I thought roster moves were going to happen this year. I said this is going to be the least shifting we see among the bottom eight teams. Like, once again, not including those top four teams that we think are going to stick phase ultra to optic and NYSL. I think this will be the least shifting we see among the bottom eight teams in the CDL era. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I mean by this is like I think Seattle are going to stick for the year. I think Boston are going to stick for the year. I do think LAT are going to stick for the year. I think Carolina might stick for the year. I think maybe they replace Real at some point potentially. Um I think Minnesota are going to stick for the year. I think Vegas is going to stick for the year. Uh I think Miami will stick besides maybe a player, you know, they might swap um, Eric Booman or something. I think LAG might switch the whole roster. Who knows? Yeah. Um, obviously, more of those teams will probably change. It's not likely that like 10 teams are going to stick the whole year. It's just not how COD works. But like, I wouldn't be surprised, I guess I should say, if Seattle, Boston, LAT, um, and Minnesota stick, and then like Vegas, Miami, and Carolina make like a move or two, and then LAG makes like full roster changes. So like overall, I think we're not going to see as much shifting as we normally see in those bottom teams, just constantly swapping players in to try to find a new formula. I think teams might stay a little bit more together this year. Yep. Not as much moving around pieces. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, all right. 
On to your last prediction. Or I guess if you have more, but your third prediction at least. My third one. I wrote this pretty quickly. I don't know how much I really like this prediction, bold prediction, but... Well, I don't even know if it's even that bold, but I'll say anyways. I said no team will, will go 7-0 and in the qualifiers throughout the year. I don't think that's bad. I, I don't know how. Yeah, I, I guess I don't know how bold it is because seven and zero is difficult. But like we've seen plenty of teams go five and zero. So yeah, I would say it's like somewhat bold. But yeah, once again, just the nature of seven, it also makes it harder to go seven and zero. Yeah. Well, last year I didn't think it was like ten and zero across two stages. I believe. Yeah, an online something like that, or like a really crazy record. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're right. Yeah. But. Yeah, I don't think that's too crazy bold to say no team will go. Uh, but it is bold. But yeah, it's it's a good prediction to throw out there, at least. Like I said, mm-hmm. some of mine I don't think are the most bold ever. So they're just good predictions to throw out there. Yep. Um, all right. My last one is interesting because, once again, I have to do a little bit more fact checking. But I feel like this wasn't a thing in most years. Like I know going into champs this year, it was at least 10 or less teams were alive because like Florida was eliminated already in LAG. Uh, was eliminated, but I was going to say I wanted to say all 12, but LAG just scares me. I'm going to say that actually, no, screw it, just for the prediction. My original one said at least 11 teams, but I'm going to say all 12 teams will be mathematically alive for champs going into the tournament for Major 4, not the qualifiers, the tournament. So I was going to say 11 with LAG Mm -hmm. um, maybe being the one team. But I guess I'll just go ahead and just to make it more bold, I'll say all 12 teams will be mathematically alive to qualify for champs heading into the final weekend. I just think that the bottom of the league is going to cannibalize itself so much more because I think those top four teams are going to be very good that the bottom eight are going to cannibalize each other and kind of beat up on each other and keep the points close enough that, you know, let's say LAG needs to win the final major to make champs. Are they really alive? Probably not. But mathematically, technically, you know, for those of you that watch sports and all that, know that technically that means they're alive because they do have a chance. Yep. So will all teams be realistically alive heading into the final weekend? Probably not. But I think mathematically it will be technically possible for any team to make champs heading into the final tournament for probably the first time ever. Yeah, I like it. It means more competition. I also hope it's true because that makes the year way more fun. Yeah, high stakes, you know, matches mean a lot more. Yeah. If any of mine come true, that's the one I want to come true because it'll just be way more fun. Like if every team has a chance, you know, no matter how realistic it is, if every team goes into the final event with like a, hey, if we do this, we make it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just more fun. Yeah. Definitely like that bold prediction. Yeah. You got any more? <clears throat> I got one more. It's pretty, okay. pretty bold. It's really bold. Um, my boy, Doug Sensor Martin, will be in the league. Come major two or three this year. Major two or three on Boston? Uh, any team at this point, you know. He's what he yeah. wants to he's be playing the Simpson Abizis, you know, beating them. <laughs> um, <man. laughs> That's just such a tough prediction because, like, the team that he's a challenger player for, the roster just seems so solid. Yeah. Like, it seemed like on paper, like, a lot of people would say it's probably the fifth best roster on paper. Um, so like it, there's no chance Boston's dropping Priester or Slasher for him. And there's no chance for the SMG role they're dropping Capsule or Snoopy. So it would literally have to be like LAG just wants to have fun. Yeah. 
and picks up Doug or something. But yeah, that's going to be tough. We needed that expansion to get Doug on some random team that wants to build their brand mm-hmm. or Doug in there or something. But it's going to be tough because that Boston roster, they're not going to make a change for him, obviously. But I know you're just trying to manifest this. Yep. I did it last year, but it did not happen. Yeah. <laughs> I actually you know, I thought you were going to say like some random uh, player that maybe people aren't expecting as an MVP candidate, like uh, Clay or like Arcides or like some random older player is going to win MVP. Attach like you did last year. Like we were like, you know what? Scump's going to come out and win MVP. That was like your bold prediction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was just going to say, well, they're going to retire midseason because last time you did this, you cursed Scump. I know. I'm not going to do that this year to anyone. <laughs> we should have talked about that more. You might have been the scum curse. You're like, he's going to win MVP. And then the second you said that, retirement. I mean, he was on pace. Like, he dropped like <laughs> one, two the first, first. He was turn. playing well. I'll give him that. He was playing well. Yeah. Then he's hit the, I'm, I'm out of this. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's funny. But I actually have no other bull predictions. I went with those three and I hope they all come true. Um, mostly, I hope my last one. All 12 teams are going to be mathematically alive for champs going into the final tournament. I really hope that's true because, once again, even if it's like LAG wins the tournament, we're going to like delusionally talk ourselves into like, even if they're like terrible, we're going to be like, they could win it. You never know. They could do it. You can just yep. like say that, even though it's like so not going to happen. You can just say, you know what? You never know. They might do it. It's like the delusional fans, like when you know your NFL team isn't that good. Um, but like they're mathematically alive. It's like, oh, if they win these four games and these three teams lose, and then you could do that, um, you can make it, which is never going to happen, but it gives you hope. So I hope yeah. every team has hope heading into champs or heading into major four weekend. Yeah, just like uh, just like NFL saying, any given Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> and COD's the same way. I mean, we watched LAG with a substitute win a tournament when we were there in Minnesota. So the bulk any given Sunday, prevailed. any given weekend. <laughs> yep. Especially in our esport here in COD, uh, it, it can be very, very, very random at times. Yep. All right. You got anything else before we kick the people out of here and get them ready to do some predictions next week? No, nope, I got nothing else to say. All right. That's going to do it for this one. If you guys enjoyed, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. If you're on the audio platforms, drop that follow, drop that five star review. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for next week. Uh, all of you know that I love watching the matches. Brock loves watching the matches. We love predicting the matches. The podcast is just so much more easy and seamless and interesting for not only you guys, but for us to do when we actually have real matches to talk about, because that's what we make it for. We make the podcast for maybe a little bit of roster mania, but for watching matches and talking matches and predicting matches and talking in-season drama. We don't make it for the seven months of off-season. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we get. So we're really excited to finally be able to next week, sit down and just look at matches and make predictions. Um, and hopefully go on a run. Like what was that major three that I had where I was like 28 and one. Yeah. You you're really good last year. I had like an insane streak of matches that I will never match again. You will probably never match again because it is like not possible because it was just, I wasn't even like skill on my part in predicting. God is so unpredictable that the fact that I was like on a run like that, where I was like 98% accurate for like, a month straight was like the dumbest thing ever. It was like pure luck. <laughs> I don't expect to ever go on a run like that again. You never know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we appreciate you guys watching. We're excited to get into predictions next week. Uh, so we will see you guys for that one and excited to hear your predictions as well. So thank you guys so much for watching and we'll see you in the next one.